Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. But we're going to talk about tonight receiving healing from the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but when my body is perfectly fine and there's no pain whatsoever, I love it. Uh, What about you? But when it's not, I don't love it. What about you? Anyone here like pain? Love pain? Want an extra dose of it? Anyone? I didn't think so. No, thank God we serve a healing God. And that he has revealed himself to us as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord Physician, our great healer. And you have to remember this, that he revealed himself to us. Without a revelation of who he is and his character and his nature, we would never know who he is. We wouldn't understand his character. We wouldn't know anything about his nature. But because he chose to reveal himself to us as Jehovah Rapha, a covenant name, that means he is our physician, our great healer. And so we thank God for that. And then, of course, Jesus has arisen with healing in his wings. And so we know that as well. And there's so much more. But let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time together to study your holy written word. We do so in the precious name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. May he give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds that are open to the truth that liberates, delivers, and sets free. Change us by what we hear. Build these truths within our hearts and lives. Line upon line, precept upon precept, brick by brick. Oh, we just believe to receive their Father God insight from on high that we might walk as doers of your word and not hearers only and glorify you, Father God, in our lives as we minister life to those that are in need. Be glorified in and through all that is said and done in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and, and verse 1 and 2 will be our opening text this evening. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, ye means you, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or spiritual duty. Okay. Paul's saying you're saved, you're washed in the blood, you're born again Christian, you're a child of God. But now you've got to do something with your body. Secondly, he goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so, notice he's talking about two things. Our body and our spirit. Our soul, rather. Our spirit's been saved, washed in the blood. Our body needs to be dealt with. It needs to be presented to God as a living sacrifice. And our souls or our mind needs to be renewed to the word of God. Now, when it comes to the subject of divine healing and health, it's important that we all establish a specific truth in our lives. That it is the will of God for us to be healthy and for us to be healed and receive healing in our bodies. That just is the will of God. And we can't have a steadfast faith for healing in order to receive healing unless we come to grips with that. We know that it is the will of God for us to be well, to be whole. Well, in order to be convinced, we have to do something with what we just said, the body and the soul or the mind. Why? Well, like I said, as long as I'm healthy, my body agrees and my soul agrees. But all of a sudden, when I get pain in my body, My body's telling me, I don't know about this healing business. And my soul 
reasoning starts talking the same way, chiming in together, working together, saying, I thought you said you're healed. I thought you said Jesus healed you. I don't know about the battles that you face in life, but I believe we all face the same battles because we're all in the same bodies, right? Sure, it's easy to have faith and believe when all is well, is it not? But when we have pain and we're challenged in our physical bodies when we're attacked, it's a different case. It's a different story. All of a sudden, we've got to be certain that we know the word and that we know how to act on the word and that we train our bodies and our souls to line up with the word of God uh, because we know we're going to be in for a battle. Now, look in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 12, or verse 17. If we want faith for anything, anything, it has to come one way. Faith comes out by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear what the word of God has to say on any subject. The only way we can get faith. There was a, a young girl and her, actually she came from a, a, a Baptist church where her pastor was a Baptist pastor and a very sincere man of God. But she was sickly and there was another meeting that was taking place down the road in another church. And so her mother wanting her to be healed, delivered and set free, took her to that particular church. And when she got to the church, they saw the, the minister that was there and he asked, what did you need? And the woman kept speaking up saying what, he wanted, what she wanted for her daughter. And she kept answering the questions that he was asking her. Finally, he just said, ma'am, I really need to know what she believes, not what you believe. I mean, I know you believe in healing, but I don't know about her. I don't know what she believes. Can I talk to her just alone? And of course, she said, well, sure, go ahead. He said, young lady, do you believe in healing? And she said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, why don't you believe in healing? Why don't you believe that Jesus is the healer? Because I have a strong church. I have a strong pastor. And he doesn't teach on that subject. As a matter of fact, healing is not for today. See, he located her. Healing is not for today. And that's all there is to it. Well, he said, well, you believe in the Bible? Yeah. You think maybe your pastor doesn't know everything? And oh, you would have thought he just <laughs> pinched her so hard. She got very defensive because she wanted to defend her pastor. How can you say anything about my pastor? He said, now wait a minute. I'm, I'm talking about your pastor being very sincere. I'm sure he's a loving man. But you know, he may not know everything there is to know about healing. That's all I'm saying. And that kind of calmed her down a little bit. He, he said to her, now you say that you believe the Bible. Yes. Well, if I showed you in the Bible that Jesus bore your sickness and carried your pains and by his stripes you were healed, would you believe then that healing is for today? She said, well, sure, if that was in the Bible. So he opened up the Bible to Matthew 8, 17. Himself bore our sickness and carried our pains. In 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes ye were healed. And she was floored. Just floored. And said, my goodness. Well, I guess it is in there. Well, just go ahead and lay hands on me. Pray for me then. And I'll believe I re I'll receive my healing. He did and she got instantly healed. By the power of God, just like that. You see, faith has a lot to do with it. Well, it proved out that the pastor was a very sincere man of God. Because you see, during those meetings, a man was brought there who was in a wheelchair who hadn't walked for a long period of time. And he went to the meeting and he got healed. And while he was in health, he's walking down the street one day. It happened to be that his pastor saw him and almost passed out. Because it was the same pastor 
who he was in that church for many, many years. And actually they built, they added on to their church a ramp because he was in the wheelchair to get him to go up into the, into the sanctuary. They put it on just for him. And when they saw him, he said, what happened to you? He said, well, you know, when I went down to that church down there, I went to the meeting and hands were laid upon me and I got healed. I got out of the wheelchair, started running around. Matter of fact, I put the preacher inside the wheelchair and started pushing him around the whole sanctuary. And he just looked at him. He rejoiced. He shouted. The pastor shouted. He said, praise God. That's wonderful. Then he went over to the church and got the pastor, the minister that was down there. And he said to him, I just want to let you know that I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I just want to repent. He said, I've taught my congregation that healing is not for today. But that fellow in that wheelchair was in my church for many, many years. And he never got anything from God like this. He came down here, you preached the truth, which was in the Word, which I didn't see. And here he is instantly healed and completely whole. He said, not only do I want to, that I apologize to my congregation, but he says, I'm asking you to get your notes. I'd like to have a copy of your notes. Because next Sunday, I'm going to preach that same message in my church. And when I do, I'm going to afterwards have people come up to the altar and lay hands on them so they can be healed. He was sincere. But you see, he just didn't know. My people perish for what reason? Lack of knowledge. He just didn't know. That girl didn't know. So for all that time, the man was in that state and he could have been delivered and set free. And the girl as well. Well, faith for he healing comes by hearing what the word has to say. Not by our experiences or circumstances or not by our feelings and emotions and human reasoning. It comes by going to the word of God and then getting ready to fight the good fight of faith. Because it's going to be a fight. So look at the Luke's gospel in chapter 4. And beginning at verse 1, in these 13 verses reveal to us what Jesus did to stand against the works of the enemy. Gives us some principles that we can follow as well. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, how many know the devil will talk to you? If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out that by every word of God. And the devil taking it up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And, when the, de and the devil said to him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written. How about the devil quoting scripture? I wonder if he knew chapter and verse. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. This is Psalm 91 he's quoting. Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Notice, for a season. But notice how he put the devil to flight. Notice how he resisted the devil. There are certain principles here I want to bring out tonight that will help us. This coming Sunday, we're calling it Healing Sunday. We want to pray for the sick. 
And we want to ha have people prepared to come and receive of the healing anointing. Amen. And be ministered to uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God. Okay, number one. First thing that we see here in these verses of scripture is that number one, Jesus knew who he was. He knew who he was. He heard the father even say to him, thou art my son. This is my son whom, in whom I'm well pleased. So the enemy attacks him in his identity. See, this deals with a person's identity and authority. Jesus knew who he was, so he was not in any way moved by the temptation. And he responded to the temptation with the word. But first and foremost, he knew who he was. How does that apply to me? We need to know who we are. And we need to understand our authority. Who are we? Paupers just barely getting along through life? Or just worms in the dust like so many think? And unworthy to walk with God? No, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we have been authorized to use the name of Jesus no matter what we encounter in life. To use the powerful name of Jesus to take authority over all demonic influences and powers like sickness and disease and everything else. We've been authorized to do that. We've been empowered to do that. And it goes even further. We're more than conquerors through him that loves us. We're world overcomers by our faith. We're ambassadors for God, which is a, high, a representative of the highest order. You say, well, he spoke to Jesus in an audible voice and told him that. We have a more sure word of prophecy right here. We are what the word says we are. We are who he says we are. And we are heirs of promise. That means we have been basically allowed to participate in all the promises that God made to Abraham. Plus we have this better covenant established upon better promises. So we know who we are as well. And this will help us better understand how you and I need to do what Jesus did. And that is put the devil to flight. Have him leave us even if it's for a season. And why do we say that? Because you know he's going to come back again. He's going to tempt you again. He's going to try you again. Going to do everything he can in his power to take away the word that was sown in your heart. So number one, he knew who he was. And he was and is the son of God. The second thing we extract from this is the fact that he knew the word of God. He studied the word of God. I know he was the word made flesh, but he also learned from the scriptures who he was. He knew the word of God over and over and over again. We hear him quoting scripture, declaring the truth of God's word. It is written all three times. Obviously, he was attacked in all three realms, spirit, soul, and body. And so what does he do? With every attack in spirit, soul, or body, he proclaims it is written. He declares it is written. He decrees it is written. This is what the word says. When that girl heard what was written, it produced faith in her heart to receive her healing from the Lord. When that other man heard the word, he too received healing. But as long as they were sitting under a ministry where they were never being taught correctly about the healing power of God, neither one of them received their healing. Isn't it something when you hear the truth of God's word, what it does? It causes faith to rise within the heart. It liberates and sets people free. This deals with the renewing of our minds. Because you see, God's ways and thoughts are higher than ours. And operating in the ways of God is far beyond operating by our five physical senses and human reasoning. See, our physical body enables us to stay here on this earth 
and navigate through life in the natural world that we live in. And it is dependent upon its five physical senses in order to succeed. The soul or the reasoning part of man enables him to reason things out to clearly understand how things should be. And if we lived only in the realm of the natural, that would be okay. But because we have unseen forces of darkness that are out there against us that want to destroy us, and Satan's uh, MO is what? To steal, to kill, and destroy? You know, we have an enemy that really hates us. And sometimes that's hard for people to understand or believe, but he can't stand any one of us. He can't stand human beings. He wants to destroy each and every individual person as much as he possibly can in the realms of darkness where he's going throughout eternity. And so, every single one of us is his enemy. And he'll come against us in the same way he did with Jesus, spirit, soul, and body, to try to destroy us. Well, it's up to us to learn the truth of God's word and rise up and renew our minds and recognize that we don't have to just sit back and let the enemy run all over us. We've been delivered from the powers of darkness. We've been translated into the kingdom of God's son. We have power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty or the price for us to be liberated, delivered, and set free. In spirit, in soul, and in body. The spirits are to received deliverance. We're restored. As a matter of fact, we're renewed. We're recreated by the power of God. We're born again. We're a child, a child of God on the inside. We have the life of God, the nature of God, the ability of God. But the soul needs to be renewed. Brought back to a rightful place. The body needs to be kept under, crucified. And we'll see that in just a moment. But we need to renew our minds to what the Word of God says. And just think about some of the scriptures that pertain to healing. I will restore health unto thee and heal thee of thy, all thy wounds. Jeremiah 30 and verse 17. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Psalm 107 verse 20. And then what about Psalm 103, the first five verses. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget none of his benefits. None of his benefits. A condition of a contract, a benefit. These are our benefits. It's part of our inheritance. Who forgives all our iniquities. Who heals all our diseases. Who redeems our lives from destruction. Who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And satisfies our mouth with good things. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Who as far as the east is from the rest, removes our transgressions from us. Aren't you glad they never meet? So thank God. Those are all the benefits but because the body doesn't always line up in, you can say, obviously certain evidences of the flesh don't line up with that, doesn't mean it's not true. And just because human reasoning doesn't line up with that doesn't mean it's not true. When we see that God brought uh, jo Joshua and the Israelites to the, to the uh, promised land, and there were the walls of Jericho, it was illogical to do what they did. It goes against human reasoning. It was nothing that the flesh could do. Their physical abilities weren't enough in order for them to overcome. So it's almost as if you're saying, I can't be dependent on what my flesh can do. I can't be dependent upon my human reasoning because you see the battle goes beyond all that. I need something beyond that power. Physical power, mental power. I need the power of the living God in manifestation. And even though my flesh might deny it, and even though my soul or my mind might deny it, I got to get stalwart in my faith, dig in my heels with bulldog tenacity and say, I'm doing what God said to do. And body and soul, you're going to have to line up with the word of God. 
you are going to have to line up with the word of God and become obedient to what God's word says to do. And obviously, they did what God said to do. What happened to the walls of Jericho? That was no work of political power or military force. That was an unleashing of the miracle working power of God that brought down those walls and spared Rahab the harlot's house. And that's what we're talking about here tonight. We want a manifestation of power that goes beyond physical or mental powers. It is spiritual in nature. Thirdly, the third thing was he was filled with the Spirit. He came in the power of the Spirit. When he came up out of the water, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. This deals with the creative explosive power of Almighty God. And you know what? It's so important that we learn to recognize the fact that if we are spirit-filled believers, we have the glory of God in this earthen vessel or this jar of clay residing on the inside of us. As a matter of fact, it's hard for the mind to even calculate this, but the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is living in us, operating in us, and wanting to manifest himself in us and through us. And Jesus in Acts 10, 38 went about as he was anointed with power from on high, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Look at that separation. In Acts 10, 38, Peter preached this message and made it very clear that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good healing all, every single one, all that were oppressed of the devil. Who's the oppressor? The devil is. Who's the healer? Jesus is. How did he do it? By the anointing, by speaking the word and releasing the anointing of God, the power of the glory of God, people were healed. And some just touching the hem of his garment were healed. But he carried the power of God on the inside of him. And everywhere people, where he went, people came and touched him. They got healed as many as touched him in faith. So he was filled with Holy Ghost power. And that same dunamis miracle working power of God is available to each and every one of us. But sometimes people, for some reason, shy away from that. Why? Because of the evidence they might speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. And so they shy away from that. But beloved, being filled with the Holy Ghost is not about speaking in tongues. Oh, you will speak in tongues when you get filled to overflowing, but it's not about that. That's not the major part of it. That's the effect. The cause is so much greater. The Shekinah glory of God entered into your being and took up residency inside your spirit, and he's live on the inside of you, living big on the inside of you, and you and I have the ability to release his power through the spoken word. As a matter of fact, we go back to the very beginning, and we see when God created all things, how did he do it? He was hovering over the face of the earth. Nothing happened, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, hovering over the face of the earth. Nothing happened. He spoke the word. Once he spoke the word, it released the power of God. It released the Holy Spirit to do his work. The Spirit went about and did his work. And everything he said was created. And so you and I have within us, residing within us, you could say hovering over our spirits, over our, our souls and flesh, the presence, the power of the same Spirit, praise God, that was involved in creation. He's on the inside of us, living in us. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And once you said yes to, to Jesus, you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then once you invited the Holy Ghost to come in you and take up residency, the Shekinah glory of God then was deposited into your spirit, my spirit. And he's waiting just to be released. How are we going to release him? Through the spoken word. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did he do? He spoke the word. After being filled with the spirit, number four, he was led by the spirit. 
He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, we are told. So he was led by the Spirit. And what does this do? This deals with guidance and direction that we might need so as to release the power of the Holy Spirit in our situation. Naaman the leper was told exactly what to do to be healed. But because he was disobedient and didn't do what God said to do at first, he went away without being healed. But once he submitted to what direction he was given, then he released the miracle working power of God and he was healed. See, the word was spoken, but he had to obey it. He had to do what he was told to do. And so God wants to give us direction. He wants to guide us. I remember when uh, Brother Hagin got off the bed of affliction after he was in faith and believing God and speaking the word over the situation. He was told, he was led. Now get up, pull yourself up, even though he was paralyzed. And he did what he could do as far as pulling the bedpost until he got himself off the bed. And once he did that, it released the miracle working power of God that hit him on the top of his head, went through his body, and delivered him completely from paralysis, and he was made whole. So we see these things working together to do what? To create and establish a healing and a cure within our bodies as we are obedient to do whatever he, it is that he leads us to do. He might lead you to do, go to the pool of Siloam and wash and come back seeing. He may lead you to go show yourself to the priest like he did the others. Whatever it is that he tells us to do, we need to do it and be in obedience so that we can unleash the miracle working power of God on our behalf. And then number uh, five is he fasted. He fasted. And of course, you know, today's fasting and prayer Wednesday. And basically, we fast and set ourselves apart just to be alone with God to do what? Rejuvenate ourselves spiritually. To set aside all the other things that feed the spirit soul and feed the physical part of our being. You ever notice that when you do fast that you become more sensitive to spiritual things? Or the more you feed your flesh, the more your flesh wants control. Man, I don't know about your flesh. My name's beaten up. Whoever made that commercial, you can't eat just one. Lay's potato chips, you just, you can't eat just one. Well, he had a point, didn't he? There's something about it. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to do something like fast, I'd rather not eat at all. Any one thing, a little thing here, one little thing. If you want to lose weight and all that, someone says, just have one little taste. Well, that's it for me. It's over. The flesh just wants more, and the flesh just wants more. And human reasoning is the same way. It wants to be satisfied. Well, you know what? Our spirit wants to be satisfied. And our spirit is not satisfied until it gets into the presence of our Creator. Until we get before the throne of God and just say, Father, I set aside my physical, I set aside my mental, and I'm come, I've come before your throne with my spirit. And I know in spirit, I belong in your presence. And I can honor you and worship you. You're looking for true worshipers that will worship you in spirit and in truth. And so I'm here before your throne, and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to exalt you and bless your holy name. I'm going to thank you for every good and perfect gift that's come down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variables, neither shadow of turning. I acknowledge everything that's good has come from you. You're a good, good God. And your word declares that I would praise you. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And so I'm praising you for your goodness, Father. Your spirit just begins to, to have a, a fellowship with his spirit. And all of a sudden, things on the inside just begin to stir. And you get encouraged. Your spirit gets stronger. You know, you just boy up your spirit with the things of God. You stir up the gift of God in you. The glory of God begins to rise up on the inside of you. And before you know it, praise God, it just elevates you and takes you to a higher level. All of a sudden, the life that's on the inside of you begin, actually becomes more important than feeding your flesh or satisfying your soul. Hallelujah.
Amen. And you're just in that place where this is like a time bomb ready to go off. Go back and look at these things again. First of all, you know who you are. You know who you are in Christ. You know that you're an heir of God. You know that you're an heir of Jesus. You know the word of God. You know by his stripes you were healed. Even though your body is in rebellion. Even though you recognize that, you know, praise God, the word of God. You renew your mind to the word of God. Hallelujah. Number two, you, you know that word. Number three, you are filled with the Spirit. You're filled with the presence of God, the glory of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He's dwelling inside you. You're led to get to say on this, this short fast or whatever it might be. Maybe it's a longer fast, whatever he's led you to do. But you're led because you want to receive his healing power. Or you want to activate his healing power. So you spend some ample time just being in the presence of God. Being around a throne. Worshiping God. Just loving on him and blessing him. You're led by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And then number five. Praise God. You're fasting and wait, praying and waiting on God. But then number six. And this is so, so, so important to all of us. Hallelujah. Number six. You speak the word. You speak the word of God. You declare it. You decree it with boldness. You see you've you had your flesh to calm down. You've got your soul. Your reasoning. Uh, it's settled. You're not operating in mental powers. You're not operating in, in physical powers. But now you are operating in the power of the spirit. And you're going to speak the word. This deals with releasing the creative explosive power of almighty God. As you proclaim declare and decree the word of God over the situation. And this is the place I believe that God wants us all to get to if we would but recognize the truth and begin to surrender our hearts and wills to do it. It is challenging. I guarantee you it's challenging because it's foreign to the way we operate. You know, we walk by faith, not by sight is a humongous statement that Paul the Apostle made by the Holy Spirit. That means you're walking by faith, not how you feel. You're walking by faith, not how you reason. We're walking by faith according to the word of God, even though everything else seems to be illogical. But we're acting on what the word of God says. And we're releasing the supernatural power of Almighty God. So we speak the word. This deals with releasing the power of Almighty God into our lives so that the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can quicken our mortal bodies. Now, I'm going to read to you a testimony. This is called uh, a, a Testimony of Healing by Emily Dotson. Anybody hear of Emily Dotson? Her testimony of healing. God has used her mightily afterwards in the healing ministry. She was near the point of death, dying of lupus. Listen to what it says. My healing testimony can inspire you, but it's only faith in God's word that you are proclaiming over your attack that can give you victory to outlast your enemy's attacks. You must get into God's word and find healing scriptures that can cover your problem. Then you must enforce the word against the enemy because from my own personal experience, I have found that if you will submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. However, most people when they are in need of healing do not look to God or his word. Instead, they look to anointed ministers to lay hands on them to receive their healing. And God in his mercy heals through another one's anointing a few times. And we know that's true. But that is not his number one way to be healed. Although God heals through the laying on of hands, thereafter, he expects you to get your healing through believing his word enough to execute his word on the attack. That requires personal relationship. Therefore, the number one way to be healed is by simply believing God's word and executing his word on the attack. Then your healing is stable. 
there was a tremendous anointing in God's word. A centurion in the Bible knew the power of speaking God's word. He told Jesus, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Matthew 8.8. 8. Psalm 107 verse 20 declares, he sent his word and healed them. I was healed of lupus by forcefully speaking God's word on uh, the lupus attack. The spoken word of God will heal you. Her testimony is that she was at the point of death. She was near death from lupus. And the doctor said, no one comes back from where you're at. The spoken word of God will heal you just the same as by confessing the word will save your soul. God is not pleased with us when we doubt the credibility of his word by not trusting him enough to stand on his word and run the devil off. Because God has given us his word that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Unless you fully know your authority, you will not endure God's word, enforce God's word on the devil. You then will be deceived. Just as a young lady that was visited years ago that was deceived. And as a result, even though she was healed through the laying on of hands, when she failed to appropriate the word of God in her life, it came back on her and she succumbed to it. Now, the same individual, when she was in a car accident some years later after this testimony of being healed of lupus through speaking the word to her body was in a car accident and paralyzed from the neck down and doctors told her that's it for you you'll never walk again and for three months she laid on a bed she was lying on a bed and she said that's not true it doesn't matter what my body says it doesn't matter what medical science says it doesn't matter what human reasoning says I will walk again you may not know God's word but I know God's word and God's word says by his stripes I was healed and for three months she spoke to her body and said you will walk again Jesus said Mark eleven twenty three. speak to your mountain command it to go and it will go and he said whatever you desire when you pray believe you receive it you will have it I'm telling you I will walk again I will not be bedridden for the rest of my days. I will walk again. For three solid months, she said, I was there on that bed. I was proclaiming it, declaring it, and decreeing it. When one day she woke up and was completely healed, got out of the bed and just took off. Without nothing being done medically. Words are powerful containers of life that release the explosive power of Almighty God. But the point is we, we need to persevere and stay with it. See, too often what we do is we fall short and we give up because it hasn't materialized as quickly as we would want it to, to materialize. And so we kind of faint, we give up, we lose heart. But God wants us to recognize this truth and not just set it aside, but see it as it truly is, the word of God, and then proclaim it, declare it, and decree it, and start speaking things into our lives that we desire. Because Jesus said that's what he wants us to do. Speak to your mountain. Command it to go. Speak to the situation. Command it to change. Speak to your body. Command it to line up. See, we're not used to doing something like that. It sounds weird. It sounds foreign. But you know what? It is the word of God. And God wants us to grab a hold of it. When I came teaching this so many 38 years ago, I know the people looked at me like, you're, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. But you know, since the time of teaching this, we've seen so many 
miracles and signs and wonders. Women unable to, to conceive and have children by speaking to their bodies, being healed, delivered, and set free. Cancerous tumors being uh, destroyed by the power of the spoken word of God as this, the power of the anointing is uh, manifested or released. So you see, the more you and I speak God's word over our situa situation consistently, then the more we release the power of God in that situation to overcome it. But if we just sit back and just say it one time and expect it to happen instantaneously, not saying that it can't, but for the most part it doesn't, and you don't stay with it, then we stop releasing the anointing. We stop releasing the power, this explosive power of God into the situation. God wants us to be consistent and persistent and declaring and decreeing, decreeing the word of God in that situation over and over again. Matter of fact, he wants us to start putting together some declarations of faith. Uh, for example, you've heard us say, I am what the word says I am. Well, what does it say, word say I am? It says I am a child of God. It says that I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. But what about this? I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. I am free from any addiction. I am free from, say, caffeine addiction. I'm free from a drug addiction. I am free from a nicotine addic addiction. I am free from an alcohol addiction. I am free. I am free. I am free. I'm calling myself. This one man, he was bound up by nicotine. He went to every preacher that there was to lay hands on him. And we're talking about some well-known preachers. And so finally he came to, to this other one who started to minister to him. And he said to him, well, what do you want me to do for you? If I lay hands on you, all these other people laid hands on you, then what good is it you didn't receive from anybody else? And he thought the same thing. He said, I'll tell you what to do. You start speaking to your body right now in the name of Jesus. You start saying that nicotine has no power over me in the name of Jesus. You start saying it day and night and day and night and day and night. He said, well, what if I have a cigarette? He said, so what? Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. He began day and night to say it over and over and over again. You see, you can't just do it one time or two times. You say it like you believe that it's true, that there is power in the spoken word. And you're releasing the anointing power of God into that situation. He came back two weeks later and said to the, to the preacher, he said, you know, I'm free from nicotine. And here's how it happened. I thought, first of all, this is crazy. But I kept on saying it. I kept on saying it. I kept on saying it. I was tempted. I took a puff. You know what? That puff I took was absolutely disgusting. I couldn't even stand it anymore. And so I just threw the thing away. And I just kept on saying it and kept on saying it. I haven't had a cigarette whatsoever. And years later, he never had another cigarette. Why? Because he spoke the word over his situation. He spoke the word and commanded his body to line up to it. See, sometimes we don't realize that this is how things operate. But the medical science field is recognizing right now that our words affect our physical bodies. James said that how many years ago in James chapter 3 that your, word, your tongue is like a, a powerful force, like the rudder on a ship or a bit in a horse's mouth. It will control your whole body. But because this is foreign to us and we haven't really understood this principle, we try it once in a while and then if it doesn't happen, then we say it's just ridiculous, it's not true, and people walked away from it. Well, you know what? I believe that God is telling us to get deeper into it. Get deeper into it and start releasing the power of God. I am, you know what you can't say? I'm, I'm bound, I'm addicted. Uh, I'm addicted to nicotine, I'm addicted to alcohol, I'm addicted to caffeine, I'm addicted to this. I'm ad you say that, and guess what? You don't think it's weird. We don't think it's weird to say that, because that makes sense. And, but when you start saying, I'm not, 
I'm not. You're taking a stand. And listen, you're rebelling against your body. You're rebelling against your reasoning. And that's a fight. Just start tomorrow and say, I'm not eating again today. I guarantee your body will stick up its head and just say, you think you're not going to eat today? He's already commissioned three ladies to bring you cakes, donuts, and pies. And they're going to show up on your doorstep and knock on your door and say, you can start tomorrow. Guaranteed. It's a fight. The fight of faith. And what about this? I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I can stand up against the enemy. I can bend my knees. I can reach up my arms. I can, and then name whatever it is that you can't do. Instead of continuing to say, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. You are reinforcing. We are reinforcing the fact that we can't. But when we start saying, you know what? By the power of the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of me, I can do all things. I can lift my arm. Arthritis, you cannot stay in my body. Praise God. And here's another important thing. Do you know there's a close association with unforgiveness and arthritis? A close connection between arthritis and unforgiveness. And when people release other people and say, I forgive, I forgive from the heart. I'll tell you what, a lot of people get instantly healed from arthritis just because they've released. I'm not saying in all cases, but in a lot of cases. So, God wants us to start declaring that I am and that I can. And what about this? I will. I will. You know how important those two words are? Strongest assertion you can make is I will in the English language. I will. I will overcome. I will rise up. I will be strong in the Lord. I will be able to hold fast my confession of faith. I will live out the full length of my days. I will honor the Lord my God. I will stand against sin. When you start saying and declaring and decreeing what the Word of God says, you have unleashed a supernatural power in your life. You don't see it, but you know what? You'll experience it. You will experience the power of God flowing out from you in a mighty way. I will not. I will not. I will not die. I will not die prematurely or I will not say cave in uh, in defeat. I will not be harvested before my due season. I will not be one who doesn't fulfill his destiny. I will not be overcome. I will not be defeated. I will not walk in fear. I will not be controlled by doubt. I will not. And it's Make some declarations, but base them on the Word of God. Declare what it says. And you'll start seeing the power of God just unleashing. Uh, holy angels get involved. They hearken to the voice of God's Word. Start saying things like, I rebuke that situation. I rebuke that spirit. I renounce death. I rebuke that sickness. I, remember Jesus rebuked the fever and it left? He's establishing an example for us to follow. The spoken word is an unleashing of the miracle working power of God that enables the Holy Spirit do, to do his job, to do what he wants to do. And so praise God, we each, each and every one of us has that privilege of getting a hold of the word of God, putting it in our heart, putting it in our mouth, and unleashing the ministry of the Holy Spirit for what? To create signs and wonders within our midst. So there's so much more along this line, and we're going to pick up some more on Sunday but praise God, tonight, I just want to challenge all of us 
to really start to think about the things that we express from our lips, the things that we say. Praise God. And, and start speaking in line with the Word of God. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and I'll accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus I'm now your child, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.